There is treasure in and beyond your pain. What you seek is seeking you, beloved. To feel, transmute and alchemize pain is your power. And this power is within you right now. If you'll only give yourself permission to access it. To tune in to the truth of who you are. To allow the healing of your soul. Self-healer. Rise. Welcome back to Beautifully Empowered Today. Beloveds, it's been a while since I've done a podcast and I really felt led to share my story today with suicidal depression or my experience with suicidal depression, which is something that I've experienced my whole life. The reason why I haven't, if I'm going to be honest, the reason why I haven't shared this story in full is because I have had to come to a place of getting real with how I feel about what I've been through. So as you know, on this healing journey of mine, for those that have been following me long enough on Instagram, you'll know that there is a journey that I am on. A journey that like when I think about it, it's not really a journey because every single minute we're in the present moment. And as I go deeper and deeper into my healing, I start to express more of what's hidden within me more of what I felt ashamed of and I start to express my authentic self and I become more comfortable with that. So it's not that I don't want to share my experience because I do, because I I understand the value of being transparent and being authentic because of how it empowers others to not feel so alone in their situation and to be able to express themselves authentically as well to go deeper, to dive deeper into their own emotional world and see what it is that they need to heal within their lives and then obviously to empower themselves by realising that the source of your power is actually yourself. So in all truth, it's really taken me this long to get real with how I feel and to be able, not just to get real with how I feel, but to be able to be confident enough to share my story regardless of who hears that story because all of our experiences are valid and Look, being able to look at my life and what I've been through and where I am right now in terms of my emotional health, in terms of the fact that I no longer feel trapped by suicidal thoughts and suicidal feelings. I know that if I can get through that, if I can break free from that, that it has the potential to shape another person's opinion of themselves, another person's worldview, you know? So where do I start? <laughs> Where do I start in my experience of suicidal depression? My earliest memory when I was doing some deep inner child work was being in a cradle, in a cot, a white cot. I don't know how I know this. I've just done very deep inner child work. And I had my arms out and I was crying and nobody was coming to get me. Nobody picked me up. I remember the room, the shape of the room. I can see the furniture. I don't know where this house is, but I can. I know how it feels, and I can. I can literally picture the image of me. It's almost like I'm looking down at myself, bird's eye view. So my earliest memory is I was probably I don't know probably about six seven months old, and I just remember crying and 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 nobody picking me up. My earliest memory of depression, and some may ask how can you remember being depressed at that age, is I just remember how I felt going through pictures, going through old memories, and I've done a lot of inner child work. I felt very, very depressed and sad from the age of about four. It is painful to acknowledge how long I've actually been experiencing depression. And I've always known that I've been this deeply melancholic soul. 
with deep emotional issues that on the surface level, people may not see that because I am very strong and I am empathic and I do tend to give a lot of emotional support to the closest friends and my closest immediate family. Because of my empathy and because I've been spending a lot of my life, literally, catering to other people's problems, <laughs> literally. I'm trying not to cry. Um, I've I've not been able to see myself. I've not had the amount of self-awareness that I have now. I lived with my mother for the first, I think, year and a half. She wasn't able to take care of me, so I went into foster care. I don't know exactly how long, but I know that when I was around two, I then went to live with my dad. So when I'm trying to... <laughs> evaluate where this depression came from. I do feel within myself without even being able to articulate it in a way that I can fully convey what it is that I mean. All I, all I feel is abandonment. Whether I was abandoned or not, whether my mum could take care of me or not, all I know is that that left an imprint on me and it has affected my whole life. I was always the highly sensitive child. I saw everything so deeply, the way that people didn't love me, the way that people didn't give me attention. I internalized the fact that I couldn't make friends with people. It always felt like there was a lack of depth within other people and unless they could go deep with me. And I honestly, I realized this at a very early age. I, didn't, I wasn't able to vocalize it, but I understood it by the way it felt that those that couldn't go as deep as I was going, that weren't as emotional as me, that weren't as highly sensitive as me, I kind of get stayed back from those people. And so I was always that kind of peculiar child, very depressed, very lonely, and I was always very caught up in my emotions. Always taking care, care of other people. And the way in which this depression which I can't even explain. It's almost like a black cloud that is just over, right over your head. And no matter what you do, it's like you're trying to break free. And it's almost like somebody has their hand over this black cloud, suppressing it even more into you. And I can't even explain it in such a way that you can understand unless you've understood, unless you've experienced for yourself chronic depression or suicidal depression. The way that this manifested into my life is I began self-harming when I was about 14. On the edge of, on the verge, sorry, on the edge of 13, 14. Now, I had a particular image in my head of people that self-harm. That they take a razor blade to their wrists, they cut their wrists. Now, I was too afraid to do that. I was too afraid to cut my wrists where your veins are in case I actually died. So I knew that I wasn't harming myself to end my life, although I wanted to. And so I still took the razor blade and sometimes it was small knives and I sliced into my arms, not my wrists, my arms. I had no way of understanding at that point why I was doing it. All I knew is that this darkness inside me, I couldn't escape it. I couldn't escape feeling so low and so depressed and trying my hardest to not feel like that. Not knowing where to look, not knowing where, what tools to to help, not knowing any tools to help me, you know? So in that moment of taking the razor blade and cutting my wrists, I felt a sense of relief. I felt, I felt a sense of the pain's gone. And what really I, especially when I saw the blood, I realized what I was doing and I kind of stopped because to see the blood, it made it real. And what I realise looking back now is what I was trying to do was trying to feel anything but numb. 
even if that meant harming my own body. I wanted to not feel numb. I needed to feel something, but everything on the inside of me behind my face, that darkness, it felt numb. It felt like there was nothing there. I then started to spend a lot of time on my own, secluding myself away from people, staying in my room, writing music, which when I look back at my music, and it, it was, they were very self-destructive, thought-provoking reflections of why do I feel depressed? I don't know why I feel depressed, I just do. And with each song that I wrote, every single song was almost the same. I was communicating back to my own soul what I already knew, but I needed to hear it in a written word. I needed to see it. I needed to express my soul by singing these words of pain. And I was stuck. I was stuck. I was stuck. I was just constantly dancing around pain, circling the pain, writing about the pain, swimming in the pain. I literally felt like I was dying in pain. Most of this was pretty much hidden from my family and people around me because again, like I said, I've always been the giver in my relationships. Always the giver. And I don't know whether my mum not nurturing me and not being able to nurture me, whether that did leave an imprint. All I know is this is how I feel in regards to that. That I do feel at the deepest core of me that my core in a child wound is actually abandonment. And I feel that deeply. And it manifested itself in, in romantic relationships where I gave myself away to emotionally unavailable men. Knowing as I was doing it, there was some conscious awareness of why I was doing it. It's not like I've just suddenly woken up to it. No, I knew 15 years ago why I was doing what I was doing. Okay, maybe not 15, maybe 17 years ago. I gave myself to emotionally unavailable men and friends as well because I was trying to feel the familiar feeling of abandonment and rejection which I felt as a child and my whole life in my family household. It was a familiar, a familiar, a familiar painful reflection of the core belief within myself. I know I'm not loved and I know I'm not worthy and I know I'm not wanted. I know no one's going to ever want me. That is not something that I said consciously because as far as I knew at that time, I felt like a powerful woman, a powerful girl, powerful being, but I knew that deep down I wasn't. It was an image I was giving off. Deep down, I went into these relationships knowing how painful they would be knowing that these were not serving my soul. And over and over and over again, I experienced rejection and abandonment, rejection, abandonment, rejection, abandonment. And over and over and over again, I allowed myself to feel those feelings of abandonment so deeply that I became addicted to that. So growing up, I had this experience of constantly going through rejection, 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 and never actually stopping to go, okay, you can change this. Because I had no tools at the time to do that. One might say, how, how do you know that It's hard, to, it's literally hard to even convey what it is that I mean. How do you know? I'm just coming back to the question of how do I know I was depressed as a child? I didn't. At the time, when I was young, I didn't actually know I was depressed. All I knew is that this is how I feel and this is normal to me. So therefore, because I, 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 rela I viewed those feelings as normal, I entered into relationships that were abusive emotionally that were toxic, that were against my own soul, <laughs> so that I could feel that deeper pain of abandonment and rejection. And I also grew up with 
a parent that was also emotionally unavailable to me. So I did, I wasn't nurtured and I didn't have a parent that was emotionally there for me. So because of that, I personally think that it's had some effects on my brain development, on my emotional world, on how I perceive abandonment even now. And so I spiraled into this self-abusive lifestyle of not just harming myself physically. I took up smoking, which to some people, they might not see that as a, as a bad thing. But when you look at smoking, that's self-harm. And I, every time I picked up a cigarette, I literally knew, even then, that I was destroying aspects of my soul by smoking. That I wanted to destroy what was on the inside of me. And I started to emotionally eat and binge eat and not address my feelings. Promiscuous sex, casual relationships, self-harm, eating and eating and eating. Not because I liked the taste of the food, not because I got any nutritional value from the food, but because I was trying to cover the wound, the original wound. And that wound became infected and it was open and it was the blood was just literally seeping through the plaster that I was just trying to push so hard down on this wound. And then I started to put a lot of weight on. And I think when I put about, I don't know exactly how many stones I put on, but it was a lot of weight, a lot of weight. And I'm still only just shedding that weight now through self-love that I couldn't even look in the mirror at myself. I would stand there with my ex-partner who he would always show me off in front of the mirror and he'd be just like, look how beautiful we look together. And I could never look at the mirror, I could never look at myself because I was so ashamed at how my self-abuse had manifested itself into physical form. I couldn't look at my eyes because I couldn't see myself. I couldn't look at my body that I'd put loads of weight on Knowing that I was just trying to survive. Knowing that the reason why I put loads of weight on is because I was giving myself to so many people around me emotionally, splitting myself off emotionally to immediate family members, to close friends, to romantic partners, and never once considering my own emotional well-being. It took me some time after my relationship breakup my last relationship breakup, to really actually decide to heal, to really get real with myself, to look in the mirror and go, okay, this is enough. This pain that you've been through is enough. You need to look at yourself. You need to look at all the areas in your life and admit to yourself that there's just pain in every single area. And not to say that pain is a negative thing or a bad thing. But look at, because there's polarity and obviously there's this pleasure and pain, but look at, look at the pain that you're manifest, manifesting and look at how it's affecting your life. How it's keeping you depowered. How you've convinced yourself that you love these men and that you love these family members, but yet none of these people seem to care about your emotional well-being. And in fact, it really isn't anything to do with what anybody else is doing Again, the losing, you know, the blame game is a losing game. Because if you're to blame your parents for what they did against you, what you're actually saying is that they hold, they, you are holding them responsible for how you feel now as an adult. No, 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 no. They don't owe you anything right now. They don't, my parents don't owe me anything now as an adult. I, I acknowledge that I can reparent my own child. I, I am my own mother to my own inner child. That's the power that I talk about when I talk about healing and how important it is to truly see that the source of healing is yourself. To blame your parents is also to, also to say that they are perfect beings that haven't also had traumatic childhoods, who haven't, who have healed their pain and so therefore they can heal you. When reality is, is that most of our parents are just as wounded as we are and they love you from a place of consciousness where they're operating from. So if they haven't healed their wounds, they're going to be projecting that wound onto you. They're going to be projecting all of their shit onto you in unawareness. And they love at the level, 
the state of consciousness that they are at based on how their parents love them and so on and so on and we can keep going back and we can keep going back and we can keep blaming until one individual in the family decides that individual being you that individual being me to actually say no this is not the family karma that I want to absorb and not the family karma that I want to pass on to my children I want to heal this But I feel that I have had to go through a lot. I have had to go through being at the edge of, uh, this, this is, I want to end my life now. And not many people know this. I certainly haven't announced this on social media that I, at least to none, you know, have done to close friends, but that I made the decision to end my life. I was moments away from doing it and I'd had enough. I'd literally had enough at that point because my, my depression got so bad that all that was, all I was feeling at the time was just thoughts of suicide. You would be better off dead, Amy, because you can't escape this pain. Everything in your life is painful and it's reminding you that you are nothing. You are not worthy. And I couldn't handle it. I couldn't handle the fact that I was trying so hard to get out of the pain. And in reality, when I was trying, it really wasn't trying hard enough with the tools that I had. My experience of growing up in a cult, I won't specifically say what cult that is, I did grow up in a cult and I didn't get out of that cult until I was 19. I had to break free in my mind before I could ever physically leave the cult. I had to break free in my mind before I could ever stop self-harming. I had to love myself in order for me to truly change anything externally, I had to deal with all of that internally. And I want to encourage you, beloveds, if, you, if you're going through depression, if you're going through suicidal thoughts, ending your life is not the way. Ending your life does not solve the problem. And in reality, do we really know what, what happens to us when we end our lives? Because energy cannot be created or destroyed. So where is the soul once we've ended our physical, once we've ended our lives, life on this side of eternity? That you are, you are an eternal being. You are divine consciousness. You are not separated from God. And in our life, we go through these painful experiences, and it can seem so confusing and it can seem like what's the point what's the point when you wake up feeling so depressed that you don't even want to start your day you just want to sleep the day away and I'm going to be talking to people that I know that are experiencing depression and, and people can have moments or waves of depression when something drastic suddenly happens in their life, like a breakup or a job loss or a, or a close individual to them dies, it's not the kind of depression that I'm talking about. And I have compassion for anyone that's in those experiences. I do not mean to belittle those experiences from the bottom of my heart. I mean that. When you've experienced depression so severe that it's, it's chronic, it's severe, it's suicidal, I want to end my life and nothing that I do makes any sense, nothing that I do has any meaning because I can't get rid of this pain. And I'm not gonna say that I'm healed from depression. I'm gonna be really careful with my choice of words because I don't feel like I've healed my depression. And I don't say my depression as in, oh, it's my depression and I, I identify with this. No, I don't identify with it. I see the pain for what it is. I see the experiences, I see that I had a traumatic childhood. I see that I've been going through post-traumatic stress disorder for years. I see that I didn't admit to myself that I was deeply, deeply, deeply disturbed. The things that I allowed myself to go through, the things that I allowed people to do to me that I wouldn't even dare speak about on this podcast. The trauma that I have truly been experiencing not just from my childhood, but reliving it almost because I've been operating from this core wound. 
I'm careful not to say that my depression is healed because sometimes I do feel depressed. And in, in the past week, probably about four days out of those seven days, I felt really depressed. Am I stuck in that depression? No. I have the tools of self-healing, of doing the inner child work, of doing shadow work, of creating boundaries so that I do not recycle the same painful experiences again. And that self-awareness in me is just ever-growing. I'm very self-aware. And being on the path of self-realization is truly a beautiful path because you will sh- you're shown so many things about yourself that you cannot stay in denial about that. And the choice is yours whether to heal and stay where you are to evolve or repeat and to repeat is to experience pain after pain after pain after pain after pain and no matter if the relationship changes no matter if the job changes no matter if the friendships friendships change (laughs) different face different job same energy you will experience it over and over and over again even to your deathbed until you decide to learn from what you're experiencing and change it from the inside, to heal it from the inside. The level at which I was experiencing suicidal depression is nowhere near what I'm experiencing now. The joy and the freedom that I experience from actually doing the shadow work. And by shadow work, what I'm really talking about is looking at my obsessions, looking at my addictions, looking at why am, why am I experiencing these painful situations over and over and over again. And truly getting to the root of it. It's all about going deeper. It's all about not being satisfied with the surface level of things. And looking at the root. You go to your doctor and you say depressed. You're depressed and they'll put you on medication. Is that dealing with the root? No, it's not. Go deeper. Look at the cause or the causes of why you're feeling depressed. Because there is a cause and you can heal it. And I'm saying that you can heal it because I'm healing it. I'm not healed. I don't know if in this life I will ever be healed. But I am not trapped in the painful memories anymore. I don't swim and dive so deep into my painful memories that I can't get out. That's what was causing the suicidal depression is that I felt like I couldn't get out. Whereas in now, just even two days ago, I was crying over a situation with a family member and as I was crying I was just like you know what this is so fucking beautiful because I'm, I'm self-aware right now I realize why I'm crying I'm not crying because I'm hurt over the situation I'm crying because you've triggered something in me that's already there before you said what you said and it's my responsibility to heal that and I'm not holding you accountable for the fact that I feel upset that's where I take my power back And I sat there and I was crying and I was laughing at the same time. And I was just, I was crying with purpose. And I realized in my own tears, I was stepping back, being in, remaining in the witness of my own being and seeing myself cry and laughing at myself. Because I realized that this is part, this is a part of healing the self. This is part, this is a part of addressing the emotional body. Seeing that the body holds trauma, the cells of your body hold hold trauma and in the same sense when a, when a lion or a tiger grabs hold of a gazelle about to kill the gazelle the gazelle will go into freeze mode complete freeze mode to dissociate from what's about to happen and we do that we do that as children if we've been traumatized as children we dissociate from that painful experience and we never actually totally experience it we've dissociated so much And our spirit is split off. Our spirit is split off outside of the body. So that it doesn't so that it doesn't have to so that we don't have to experience fully that traumatic experience. And that's why you have soul loss. And that's why it's so important to heal in that sense. And by soul loss, it's a part of your soul is trapped in that time frame, in that memory. And if we don't release the pain through our emotional body, through crying, through allowing that pain to... And I'm telling you, it's hard. It's challenging, but it's worth it. If we don't allow that pain to rise up out of the body, we're going to be holding holding on to that pain for the rest of our lives. 
And every single manifestation out of your life will be from that primal wound, as opposed to being from a place of love and compassion, as opposed to being from a place of completeness where you're attracting people that come into your life that want to share on your soul mission and not be just reminders of your pain. <laughs> Beloveds, don't settle for people that remind you of your pain. And it's okay to be triggered because it does show us, it does show us very clearly where we need to heal. But as you go on this healing journey, realize that the people that then begin to trigger you are giving you an opportunity to heal. It's an opportunity. And now when I'm triggered, I am able to, and it's amazing, amazing, I wish I would have known this a lot younger, that, but I guess I had to go through the experience that when I am triggered, I know I'm being triggered. And this is where self, what self-awareness comes in. This is where self-power comes in to change so that you don't have to re react to what somebody's saying and you don't have to get mad and hold that person accountable for how you feel. They've simply, they're simply a mirror image. They're simply a mirror image triggering you so that they can show you what your wound is. They probably know your wound more than you. You just react into it. Instead, respond with love for yourself. Step back from the situation and truly see that it's okay. Come away from the person and come just heal that. Cry every day. You're experiencing resistance and stress every single day, whether you realize it or not. How do you think that the body is going to recover from that? How do you think the body is going to heal that? How do you think the body responds to that? How do you think the body processes all of that? You need to feel it. Get real with how you feel in order to heal. There is no other way. You cannot keep shoving your feelings under the rug in relationships with food, with sex, with gambling. None of that is going to heal you. And if you are not healed, you're going to be manifesting brokenness. You are not going to be experiencing the highest version of yourself. You are not going to be the powerful God or goddess in, in, in manifesting the life that you want. You're not going to be able to empower others because you are not empowered. No amount of posting, <laughs> it just makes me laugh, inspirational quotes on Instagram is going to help people unless they can see that you're doing the healing work yourself. People want to know that they're being led by real human beings. And there's no way that two years ago I would have been using my platform in the way that I am now. Because I wouldn't talk about healing if I'm not healing. I don't talk about anything that I don't have experience of or I don't have knowledge of or I'm not walking through that myself. And I realise that I, I am here to heal first and foremost and then lead others into healing. Not to inspire people, not even to so-called educate people but to bring the people back to themselves. That's where your true source of power is. And I realized that without celebrating my pain, because again, I want to be I want to be careful of not to do that either. But I don't, re I don't think that I would be as powerful as I am unless I would have gone through what I've been through. And this is a podcast. I, I wish that I had more time to dive deeper into my experience. It all does tie together because I got into a relationship, a, a very short relationship actually, if I'm being honest, a year and a half ago with somebody who was on the very extreme end of antisocial personality disorders. I would say he was 100% he was narcissistic, he was a narcissist, but more on the edge of being a sociopath slash psychopath. So maybe not a psychopath, but he was definitely a sociopath, right? So <laughs> this relationship was so painful that it showed me the extreme lack of love for myself to the point where my life was actually in danger. My life was in danger. And it took that situation for me to realize, Amy, there you go again. Do you not see how your boundaries were crossed as a child? They were violated as a child. And for the most part, I'll be honest in saying this, most of our boundaries were violated as children, even if you've not been severely abused. Because when a parent tells a child no when they want to do something, when a parent prohibits a child from expressing themselves creatively and tells a child to be quiet when they want to sing or when, when they want to dance, tell them to sit still, that's a boundary being crossed. 
You're being told not to express yourself. Therefore, as an adult, you're no longer going to be comfortable with expressing yourself because you've got that inner voice of your parents telling you, you are not good enough. Stop expressing yourself. Stop being you. Be who society tells you to be. Where do you think that leads you? It leads you to be in vulnerable situations with people that want to take from you. Especially if you're an empath or a HSP, a highly sensitive person, especially. And I had to get so real about my healing that I have never in my life been through anything as painful as what happened to me a year and a half ago, ever. And I had to sit there and realize that I was doing that to myself. This individual didn't just come into my life and... I have, or I had, damaging core beliefs about myself. Those core beliefs of I am not loved, I am not worthy, I am not deserving of love, no one will ever love me, come from abandonment. Not to say that I actually was abandoned. But that's how I felt. That's how I interpret. That's how I interpreted to myself the fact that I wasn't with my mother every single day. That I cried myself to sleep every single day, as far as I can remember, up until about fifteen. That I wanted to be with my mum. Not understanding why I was depressed. Not even understanding whether that is the root of my depression. But realizing that I have the ability to not only address all of that, but to heal it. And I encourage you, beloveds, if you know that you've experienced any type of trauma in your childhood, please make the necessary steps to start the healing process. From my heart to yours, I ask that of you. It doesn't matter what that abuse was. Abuse comes in many, many, many forms. Whether that be emotional neglect, physical neglect, sexual abuse, psychological abuse, spiritual abuse, emotional abuse. And out of all of those, just even take emotional neglect for one minute. Do you understand what can happen to a child if you emotionally, emotionally neglect a child? That child will internalize that they are not worthy. That one internalized core belief manifests itself into abusive relationships. Throwing ourselves at people that are emotionally unavailable. I encourage you, beloveds, to really take a look at your childhood. And you know what? I did something so painful this morning even. So painful. I didn't want to do it. But I had to. I have... I am so emotionally connected to my own mother. So emotionally enmeshed with my own mother. Even though I have to distance myself emotionally from time to time. That I... I'm still finding it difficult to actually understand my own mother's psyche and really separate her from me so that I can actually see her for who she is objectively rather than be in this emotional bubble with her. To be able to, to, to go through a list, to literally just write down certain things that are really standing out to me in this relationship that are speaking volumes to me of why again and again and again and again is there emotional abuse and, and emotional neglect. Not to say that you should hold your parents accountable for fulfilling you emotionally whatsoever now as an adult. But that you do need to objectively look at what they're doing even now in the present moment. And seeing how that's affecting you. To, to, to actually objectively look at your parents for who they are. And create boundaries. Create boundaries around your parents because... Your relationship with your parents is the very blueprint of every single relationship in your life, including and especially your partner, your spouse. And when I say parents, I mean caregiver or caregivers as well. If you understood that your pattern of partners, if you're a woman and you, you, 
you say, for example, your preference is to date men or male bodies, you will realize there's a certain pattern in those males that you are dating your dad over and over and over and over again. Why? Because your father was the first man in your life that you ever loved. Your father set the tone of how every other man that comes into your life should treat you from now on. (laughs) If we understood this, we would heal that father wound. We wouldn't chase men subconsciously to try and salvage that father relationship. We would just heal. Every single person in your life is either triggering you... (laughs) Or is a repeated pattern. Triggering you in order to give you an opportunity to heal it. To not stay in your depression. To not stay in suicide. Suicidal thoughts. But to heal it. Don't settle for being on medication. And I'm not someone. I'm not specifically trained enough to say this. But this is my own experience. Is that I do think that. There are some people that need to be on medication, those that are a threat to society, those that are severely psychologically disturbed. That's not the type of um, depression that I'm talking about. That's not. And in the same way that Western medicine is fantastic for emergency, emergency operations, it's also not great for short term. Western medicine not being great for short term. So we need to be able to see that the root of our pain is our childhood. Because in those first seven years, you are below the level of consciousness. You are not aware of yourself. You're under deep programming, deep conditioning. And if your parents are projecting their wound onto you, and if they're not healed, that's what they're doing. They're projecting their wound onto you. You have to spend the rest of your life trying to heal from that. Or you can spend the rest of your life living from that wound that your parents put there in the first place. In the first seven years, you're below the level of consciousness. You are absorbing all of your parents' fears, all of your parents' wounds, all of your parents' beliefs, all of your parents' ideologies, Everything your parents have said to you, you have absorbed that in. You become that. You become that. So who you are right now, is that who you really are? As a projection of a child that is operating under the level under the level of consciousness. Do you want to operate unconsciously? Or do you want to be free? Because freedom is yours. Freedom is your birthright, but you have to choose it. I chose it. I got so sick of my own pain that I was like, fuck this shit, literally. I don't want this anymore. I don't want this pain. I'm going to heal. And I've said this so many times before. I looked in the mirror and at this time I was actually homeless. I looked in the mirror and I said to myself, I want to heal. And I sat there with tears pouring down from my eyes and at the same time smiling. I took out my red lipstick and I wrote on the mirror, I want to heal. And I will never forget that day because from that moment, I have been healing every single day. Every single day. And one of the most powerful things that has enabled me to heal And there's lots of things that have been on my healing path, lots of tools, but the main thing that really started it was meditation. And I was meditating before, but it was very on and off. When I decided to meditate every single day, all of those painful uh, painful experiences came to the surface. I couldn't understand why after meditating I would feel more in pain than I ever had. And it was because you need to release what you're trapping, you need to release what you're suppressing. I have not, since that day I decided to heal, taken a razor blade and carved into my own flesh. It's been a slow process of self-love in order to get to this point where I no longer unconsciously have, excuse me, no longer unconsciously have sex with people. As an act of rebellion against my own inner child, because that's what it was, rebelling against her. 
I no longer smoke cigarettes. My last cigarette was probably 11, 12 months ago. I no longer binge eat or emotionally eat. I haven't binged eat in two, binged eat, eaten in two years. When I decided to look at the root of my pain, the root of why I was so addicted to casein and milk. And that's why I went vegan. Well, the main reason was because it was for ethical reasons. However, that enabled me to really address why I was eating the way I was eating. There are so many layers of my soul that I need to, to look at. <laughs> there are so many layers of my soul that I still do not understand. And it might take the rest of my life to go beneath those layers, those surface layers, to truly see what else needs healing. It's like I feel like I've gone from a caterpillar to metamorphosing, gone through metamorphosis into this beautiful butterfly that now has wings. And I get to fly wherever I want. I get to go wherever I want. I'm not trapped on the ground. I'm not trapped anymore because I decided to heal. And I encourage you, beloveds, if you've gotten this far in the podcast, you're clearly one of the real ones. <laughs> and I love you. I encourage you to heal. I, I hope that being able to share this with you has empowered you in some way. And there's only so far I can go with how deep, you know, with the time that I have on this podcast to really even barely go deep with what I experienced. Experiencing pain every single day is... (laughs) There are no words for it unless you've gone through chronic depression. Then you'll understand where I was operating from. And I, as a, as a highly sensitive person, I feel things intensely. I, th- I feel pain intensely and I feel happiness intensely. Because of the way that I am processing information, my brain is different from that of a non-HSP. I know that. So I know that I have to be so careful in safeguarding my emotional world that I don't allow people who I don't know or who I don't trust very deeply into my home I don't allow people into my space. I don't allow men into my body. I don't allow anyone into my space that does not value me at a soul level because that is who I am. I don't care whether you find me attractive. None of that makes any sense to me anymore. Unless you're willing to go with me in my own soul. And to be on this journey of self-realization and growing together what I want right now is soul connection and one individual will know this very clearly and you will know that I'm talking about well talking to you as you listen that I put an end to abusive relationships even just recently and it took me a while to get to that point where it was like no more you know they were going less and less and less and less and less and as soon as I put an end to that consciously my heart completely opened my heart completely opened to love to love that I have never experienced in my life not necessarily to another being but to myself coming back to my relationship with Mother Earth, coming back to spending time with Gaia as she's helping me to heal this mother wound. My heart is completely open to love, real love, not love operating from a place of brokenness and desperation and needing another's attention. (laughs) I just encourage you, beloveds, Dive deep with yourself. Meditate. Get to those layers of yourself that you're so terrified to get to. And do inner child healing. Do shadow work. Look into psychology. 
study about people with antisocial personal personality disorders especially if you've had trauma in your childhood so that you can safe safeguard yourself against energy vampires from narcissists sociopaths and psychopaths at the very extreme end of that you may not even know that you have these people in your life they could be family members friends partners create boundaries <laughs> energetic boundaries emotional boundaries safeguard yourself from abuse from pain and then you'll become this most beautiful butterfly i'm also like a phoenix rising from the ashes being able to fly once again a lotus flower being birthed out of the swamp in the dirty mud the pain of your childhood just feels so dirty and so dark but you know what you are the lotus flower you are the most beautiful flower look at the environment of the lotus flower it shows you that your your childhood is not it doesn't have to be a reason to stay stuck your your painful childhood doesn't have to be a reason for you to give up it's an opportunity for you to heal and to become the person you were meant to be without all of that pain and that's what soul work is all about that's what being on the path of self-realization is all about it's not about claiming to be spiritual and then bypassing everything putting a plaster on all your wounds a band-aid on all your wounds covering everything claiming that you're woke none of that none of that don't settle for any of that get real with how you feel in order to heal i hope that there is a soul out there that has gotten something from this podcast because i have been putting this off and i feel i do feel like i could go deeper but again i think those that are intimately in my life i think they're the ones that get to hear my story deeply enough to truly understand what it is i've been through But I know this is going to resonate with those that need to hear this. And I just want to say again, get real with how you feel in order to heal. Namaste.